Hello, and welcome to the Sporting Max Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company, revolutionizing the way people look at having a night out with friends. We make sophisticated non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink, and love yourself the next day too. Stay in high spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. And here's your host, Max Becker. Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition episode of Sporting Max, where today we are joined by Monday Distillery owners Hayden Farley and Samantha Manning. Welcome guys. Cheers Max. G'day Max. Great to be here. You, you, might, you might hear uh, our young fella Paddy grizzle in the background Max, we're trying to multitask, yep. <laughs> but uh, all, all good. So guys, it's an amazing journey that you guys are on currently with um, Monday Distillery. So, you know, as a high school student, it's hard to imagine creating a new business. What was, you know, high school like for you guys and where did your passion for business come about? Um, well, for me, Max, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my years at high school. Um, I was always active in sport and surfing and things like that. But towards the latter part of high school, I sort of started to realise that me personally, that um, I wanted to get into business management and sales and things like that so um school sort of i didn't really work out what i wanted to do till probably pretty late in high school yeah. um just sort of kept working with things I, I was relatively good with numbers um which sort of um sort of led me down the path of doing a um, commerce degree um at deacon at deacon uni um but yeah there was definitely a passion for business from probably, I'd say probably from about 15, 16 for me. Yeah, and for me, I'd grown up with my parents having their own business. I'd only ever seen mum and dad working hard. My dad's an engine reconditioner and mum did all the books for the business. So I actually knew no different. I just had two hardworking parents that um, worked, worked a lot. And, you know, conversations around the dinner table were, you know, about their days and, and, and things that they had on. So um, I obviously completed high school and, and went to uni and studied business um, on the Gold Coast. And from a young age, always thought I'd have my own business, that I had no idea what it was. And I would have to say <laughs> that only recently I probably felt comfortable in, in, the, in the career path that I've landed in. But um, yeah, I, I just had seen my parents working really hard and thought that was something that I was um, interested in doing, what it was, I had no idea, but made sure I studied the fundamentals when I was at uni anyway. So learning everything from, you know, accounting through to marketing and and um, I got a job in marketing when I, when I left uni um, and yeah, kind of flowed in and out of a few different jobs after uni, but yeah. Actually, I've just realised I missed something there, Max. Yep. One of the one of the main drivers for me was um, I grew up in a dairy farm, and so if I had have chose to become a dairy farmer, it would have been the sixth generation of Farleys <laughs> to farm. Um, and uh, I didn't want to be a dairy farmer. My dad didn't want me to be a dairy farmer. Um, yeah. He did enjoy working with his father, but their relationship probably would have been better if they didn't work together. Um, so I was, um, I thought if I go into a business degree, I won't have to milk the shitters as uh, they were referred to. <laughs> uh, where's Monday Distillery based or located? Uh, ironically, we've, um, 
just in the last few months, we've relocated back to um, Toolong, which uh, is ironically where the dairy farm used to be. Yep. Um, we sort of, uh, initially, when we first started the business, we were living in um, Torquay. I was currently working for a uh, clothing retailer based there, and we had our own house there. Um, and we sort of uh, made the decision about 12 months ago that I was going to move on from that position and that we we're going to have to make some lifestyle changes um, to be able to work in the business. Uh, running yep. your own business um, is challenging for one reason mainly in the beginning is cash flow as a small business. Um, so we made the decision that we would simplify our life, um, move down to Port Ferry, have start a family uh, where we've got a lot of family support so that if we need to run the business, we've got people that can babysit and help out. Um, we probably didn't have that uh, in um, Torquay. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, we sort of made, made the change to move it down here, just uh, probably out of necessity so that we could have more time and focus um, without the pressure of the bills adding up. Yeah. Uh, not everyone has the chance to work with their partner. Tell us about what that experience is like. It's pretty funny, funny story, Hayden and I. So um, I actually, when I was 26, I think was the age. No, you're 23. Was I? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, I applied for a account manager job for a clothing company. And that clothing company was where Hayden um, was working. And so we actually met through work and Hayden was my boss. Um, and now the tables have turned in that we work in the business together and Hayden refers to me as his boss, but still I'm taking orders from him, <laughs> I would have to say. But um, I think if you have respect for um, your partner, and for me I'd always seen how Hayden managed people and his staff and and also got, like he motivated me a lot to... Um, to go that extra mile as far as being a, a salesperson goes. And so um, I, I feel lucky that not only do I get to um, work in the business with my, with my best friend, it's someone that has mentored me and inspired me as well. So I probably wouldn't have taken the leap of faith six years ago to start my own business. Um, but Hayden had kind of given given us the opportunity and the time to evolve and you know when you do start your own business you don't start earning money straight away <laughs> um, it takes quite a while to um, to find your feet and so Hayden's definitely been that um, inspiration and support along the way to keep to keep trying so um, now having the chance to work together and and also have our our lifestyle be with a little baby and 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 doing this together is um, I feel really fortunate and I'm hoping Hayden would you'd answer well that was very kind words <laughs> um, I, I think it's just getting that balance right and a lot of it's just with anyone Max it's just about clear communication and knowing yeah. what you need to, what you need to do um, when it needs to be done and the timelines. Um, so whether it's your partner or it's a um, colleague, um, if you clear, 
clearly, clearly communicate, then it does make that partnership a lot easier. Um, I would say at times I probably, um, I probably, you know, uh, get myself in a little bit of trouble. Um, I'm probably <laughs> not. It can be a little blunted to Sam, and I may have to my uh, previous employees, but at the same time too, you know, we're, we're very in tune with each other. And Sam will, um, if she's starting to get a bit stressed, I'll just tell her to, you know, take a break and go and get a coffee. And she'll tell me, go for a surf. You're being grumpy. You're annoying yep. me. <laughs> um, and then it's yeah, just yeah, bit of time out, and then go back over it. And then um, yeah. It's um, generally uh, the blow-ups might happen, but you know it, they don't last long because it's all all for the benefit of the business. So, how do you good. manage? How do you manage two businesses in Osun Sparkling and Monday Distillery? Is it difficult to manage two businesses at once, or uh, anyone will give you advice? They'll say just do one thing and do one thing well. Um, but with uh, Osun and Monday, it's kind of been an evolution with, with Sam and business, Max. Um, mm -hmm. She originally started with a loose leaf tea business, which then evolved into a tea concentrate business, um, mm -hmm. which we no longer own, we've since sold. Um, and from that though, along that journey, Sam's learned a lot about product. And so from that initially, um, she uh, had developed a botanical sparkling water range that is immersed in crystals. It sounds a little bit woo-woo um, yeah. there, but the idea of that was really about creating something that was beautiful, that people would be would take pride in drinking. Um, mm -hmm. And through that development, um, it led down and a lot of um, feedback from customers saying that we love this drink because it's something we can go out and drink um, that's not alcohol. Um, and we still fit in and people don't ask questions and it looks beautiful and I, I feel proud to drink it. And from yeah. that, that's when mm -hmm. um, Sam sort of started playing around with the botanicals that um, are prevalent in um, gin, being juniper. And then from that sort of then started working around, all these people are wanting something to drink, um, you know, and look and fit in, um, but they don't necessarily... Um, you know, want to go without, you know, they don't want a sugary can of Coke or anything like that. They want something more sophisticated and yeah. adult-like. So that it's sort of that it sort of evolved from that. You know, there's a lot of crossover um, because they are you're still sourcing a lot of your um, goods from the same suppliers. So there's a lot of synergies there. The only area it kind of differs really is in the marketing. Um, but we try to structure it so we do get some help with that and we use independent people so that their voices are different. Um, but other than that, you know, they, they're coming from the same place, just that the voice is a little bit different and having a good copywriter really helps with that. Yeah, I think there's, still, there's a real movement with alcohol and, and the products that people are consuming. And so, yeah. although there's, you know, as Hayley said, two different voices there and two different messages with, with the products, I think um, you're still um, talking to the same type of customer. So that's where it's kind of, um, I think it's fun. Yeah. I've heard that you two have a little boy. How have you found it managing your son and also the companies? Uh, look, uh, <laughs> challenging. Um, <laughs> it just fine. Look, one of the good things with the business is a lot of the things we do are automated. Um, so yeah. from order, taking orders, 
and things like that. So um, while we don't really work, we've never really worked a traditional nine to five since we've both been into the business. Um, but you'll find that between us, we'll, we'll sort of manage time where we'll realise who needs to do work. Um, yeah. pri- you know, prioritises who, who, who is more important, whose work is more important um, to get done. And then, you know, just um, try and give each other a bit of a chop out uh, so that, you know, we can obviously be great parents and, but also still run our business at the same time. As we speak now, Max, Sam's currently nursing Paddy. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, if, uh, <laughs> who knows, in the next two minutes, I could be holding him. It'll be just based <laughs> on where we think he needs to be at any given moment. But, um, no, it's, it's, so it took us a while for this little man to come. So he's, uh, he's not gonna get, going to get pushed to one side. Uh, he's going to be firmly uh, around while we uh, um, run this business. Jump forward to now. What was the inspiration for Monday Distillery? Distillery. Um, what was like the backstory? Yeah. So as I had mentioned, I had a um, tea business, and mm-hmm. I'd always worked in sales, um, particularly um, in clothing. So dealing a lot with um, small businesses, um, selling uh, clothing ranges for them to then retail, um, and I got to a point in in my career where I thought it would be great to sell my own product um what that was I kind of had to uh think of something and at the time I was really um fortunate to have um connections with sourcing tea and botanicals and herbs and things like that so I'd started um, a loose leaf tea business um, and initially had thought that I'd be selling that into Um, gift stores and uh, when that business kind of started to get traction it was more selling into cafes and restaurants so I'd I'd kind of hustled in that and worked in that um, but an area that particularly from a cafe um, point of view was speed for service and so I'd innovated my tea to be a concentrated product um, and from doing that, had also learnt a lot about the ready-to-drink beverage market, so the ability to walk up to a drink fridge and grab and go. And so I'd kind of evolved from my tea business into more of a ready-to-drink yeah. concept, um, which was Osan Sparkling, which is the sparkling water that Hayden was talking about, and had a lot of um, consumers buying that through our online store, so through Instagram, yeah. um, getting the brand out there and then people going online and buying that. And a lot of the feedback, as Hayden mentioned before, was people were resonating with having something beautiful and sophisticated to drink that wasn't full of sugar um, or alcohol. Um, but at the same time, too, people did love mixing that brand with alcohol, but the backstory was that they were trying to cut back on drinking so I thought well you know how can I mimic and give everyone the feeling of of having their favorite gin and tonic which was where we've started um with our with our brand story for that brand yeah um and and develop something that was like a G&T so that's what the inspiration for Monday was was being able to provide something that gave people the the feeling of having alcohol but without the messy side effects of a hangover which i'm sure one day you'll know 
Thank you well, Max. <laughs> but um, that that yeah, that was the inspiration um, behind the brand. So, and 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 to be honest, it was a really quick um, development process because I did have the um, experience all the way back with my tea business. So it's kind of been um, like a like a jigsaw puzzle, really, to look back over the last six years and see that nothing's been um, uh, wasted. It was more yep. um, at the time I probably didn't understand the journey, but now I can look back and see how everything's happened for a reason, which is pretty cliche, but it's, um, I've, you know, learned a lot along the way and been able to be nimble and, and, um, and develop to what customers are talking about. What was the experience of uni like for you guys and how did that prepare you for business? Oh, we're both <laughs> very different with our university story. Well, I don't know how uni prepared me for, for business life, Max, but um, no, I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed uni life. Um, I probably needed a non-beverage uh, option my years at uni because I uh, lived on campus and liked uh I, I developed what what i used to call was fomo i had a massive case of uh, fear of missing out on things so i tend to make myself myself available most nights of the week um but at the same time too i still finished uni um for my business degree with a distinction average so i was able to you know still be able to get the results and when the pressure was on perform um but i found uni was very very good for me you know, yeah. a lot of things that even to this day, um, the fundamentals, the theoretic sort of theoretic fu fundamentals. Um, but that's only one part of it. I've, I've always felt that once I got into the workforce, um, it was being able to then apply that theory into practice. And I've, I always found that practice for me was probably, um, I think I learned more that way. Um, while uni was, it gave me the theoretics and an understanding and a comprehension um, until you actually do it and fail, um, I think um, yeah, uni doesn't doesn't necessarily prepare you for that in the business world, but it does give you really good background and knowledge um, in the fundamentals of business. I would say Hayden too, like although you were very social at uni, a lot of your friendships that you made, you know, to this day, like we've really been able to draw on a lot of those relationships oh, as definitely, your friends definitely. have moved yep. into different areas and different careers. Um, Hayden's ability to network with this, that's what we want to call uni. <laughs> well, you know, you're in an environment with a lot of people that are ambitious and, you know, you know wanting to go into careers. Um, and so you're sort of, you know, you keep in contact and, you know, then you've you're looking for a lawyer and you went, oh, wait a minute, three of my mates are lawyers, you know, and, you know, or I need an accountant. Ah. And it's a lot of the people we work with in our business are people that um, I've networked over 20 years in the workforce. Uh, what? Okay, swap. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Uni. I, um, like I said, I grew up on the Gold Coast and um, I was on the Tweed Coast, actually, so just over the New South Wales-Queensland border, which is yeah. uh, problematic at the minute because it's closed with the uh, COVID situation. But I used to travel um, from the Tweed Coast up to the Gold Coast for uni. And so I lived um, at home and would travel to uni each day and then worked 
further up the coast in Surfers Paradise. So I didn't. I actually didn't make a lot of friendships at uni. I was pretty much there just to do my classes and and keep living a life of work and and socialising outside of uni. Um, in saying that, um, it was a good experience. Just um, yeah, different to, different to Hayden's. Yeah. Uh, how do you guys get your clients and what types of clients do you have? Um, it varies between, um, we have sort of two main areas of our business, Max. We have our, um, our wholesale clients and then we have our um, direct clients. Um, yeah. So we, our online store um, is uh, quite a large part of our business and always has been. Um, and a lot of that traffic has been generated purely based through Instagram um, and promoting through Instagram um, and then running just a little bit of, uh, you know, social media, advertising um, and uh, emails. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of how that business is created. With the, um, the sort of uh, wholesale clients, yeah. uh, we actually have a distributor here in Victoria, Happy Green. And in mm -hmm. Queensland, uh, Real Friends Distribution, and they basically look after all of our wholesale customers in those areas. Yeah. Uh, and then we just work with them. Um, and then other states we deal directly, and we actually use our website as a wholesale website as well. So um, we use a Shopify website, and we, uh, with that, we are able to run both wholesale and our direct consumer uh, products that way. So it's been really good. It helps reduce a lot of um, paperwork doing it that way. Um, but look, I have a background in in sales, so um, there's customers there that you know we just go and knock on the door and go, we'd really like to be in your store, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you just get used to rejection because not everyone wants it or realizes <laughs> they want it. Um, but I think over time you sort of realize and develop techniques to then try and bring them on board. But it's a bit of, <clears throat> currently at the moment, um, because of the pushing through social media uh, and Instagram, a lot of people reaching out to us rather than us actively searching for them. So, yeah. And plus our distributors obviously do a great job as well. Um, you mentioned earlier about um, Dan Murphy's and how your pro you've got your product into Dan Murphy's. How have you got wholesale clients like Dan Murphy's uh, with with um, <clears throat> this is the first time for us when we initially started Monday, um, Sam's idea was to pitch it to Dan's. Mm -hmm. um, so they actually got it over twelve months ago when we were still in bench sampling. Yep. Um, unfortunately, we really we probably had an opportunity to be in there by last summer, um, mm -hmm. but we just couldn't make the timelines with everything we needed to to get done. So um, the start of the year, we sort of started up talks again. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and really, it, with Max, it was very similar to what I was saying before. We reached out, we put him a proposition. We knew that the um, space of non-elk was growing rapidly. Yeah. Um, and there was a real lack of Australian products. So um, there's a thing that a lot of these big retailers look at, which is food miles. So they look, mm -hmm. you know, they don't want to be going importing everything from all around the world. They'd like to have a representation of local products. So we sort of seen that as an opportunity. Um, and then, yeah, we're just, every now and then you have something that people want and we're pretty lucky, I think. 
Tell us about how you make your money by giving your products and your product and your business, you know, to the shops to sell. Basically, one of the things um, I'd learnt was about developing your, your business strategy so that you've got to allow for um, gross profit margin is one of the best things I've learnt about and making sure that um, when developing your pricing that you allow enough for all the aspects of the business that you need to run. So you need to make sure that if you're going to use distributors, they're going to want to make a percentage cut. Um, so you have to have that in mind if you want to go down that sort of path with the distributors or sell directly or um, you know, not wholesale at all and sell it direct to your consumer. Mm -hmm. um, you have to sort of work that out and then work back from them to make sure that there's obviously um, enough there for every bit of the process. Um, otherwise you uh, end up with up, up, you know, upset people if you haven't really planned that out well. Mm -hmm. um, and then so a lot of what we do, um, same thing with using our Shopify website, a lot of it is upfront. Um, and then we've got relationships with different suppliers who um, we work with. So whether that we have them on payment terms or whether we pay for them up front, but generally um, it all sort of works in together um, so that we can um, make the money we need to pay um, to our suppliers, mm -hmm. um, to mm -hmm. our marketing people that help out with yeah. us. And then, um, you know, initially in the beginning, Max, I don't want to put anyone off from being an entrepreneur, but yeah. um, one of the things you generally do when you're starting out a business is, is you've got to keep putting the money back into the business. So yeah. um, you forego, generally forego money to yourself, mm -hmm. um, unless yeah. you're really lucky. Yeah. But yeah, so we, you have that choice where um, you could go down and, and try and find an investor, mm -hmm. um, whereas we've tried to do it, um, bootstrap it ourselves. Um, yeah. so that we don't you know, dilute our ownership of the company mm -hmm. um, and leave, that, leave ourselves open for down the track. Mm. How do you produce and make your non-alcoholic gin? Uh, yeah, so um, through Osun Sparkling, I have had, um, I've been fortunate to work with a few different suppliers um, who have taught me about um, distilling. And so um, the gin component in Monday Distillery, and I don't think I've actually mentioned <laughs> anywhere in this um, conversation that Monday Distillery is a ready-to-drink pre-mix. So instead of just being a, a spirit that you need to then mix back um, with, a, with a tonic or a mixer, um, we've actually created a drink that you can just twist and drink. So if you are... Yeah a non-drinker going, you know, to a barbecue or something like that. It's something you can have in your SD and, 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 and just drink it out of the bottle. So um, the gin component within the two Monday products that we've got is um, distilled juniper and juniper is um, the main ingredient in, in gin. It just um, doesn't have the alcohol component um, within the drink. So um, for, yeah, for the non-alcoholic gin it's juniper and then it's actually um mixed back into a sugar-free tonic water yep um where do you like make it do you make it in like a factory or 
Yeah, so um, I've been fortunate to uh, be mentored um, throughout my journey into um, beverage manufacturing with a microbrewery in South Geelong. Um, and so a lot of um, their knowledge on um, scalability, um, product stability, sourcing, distilling, um, how to bottle things has been through that contract manufacturer. So um, once uh, we developed our own recipe and secured all our own source and supply for the, for the drinks, we then have a manufacturer that bottles that for us. So um, we don't have our own factory as such. Yeah. Um, not to say that we couldn't. It could be definitely be something um, in the future. Um, but for the minute, um, we rely on a, uh, a manufacturer to produce that for us. Um, during these times of COVID, um, are you guys still producing and making your non-alcoholic gin? Yeah. Yeah, we are. And um, it's actually been going exceptionally well, I would say. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of people um, through isolation are probably looking at different behaviours and rituals that they have mm -hmm. and going, well, you know, maybe I'm drinking too much um, and looking to alternatives, you know, for their health and well-being. So I think um, for us, it, it probably, we haven't seen a drop in business. If anything, we've seen an increase. Mm -hmm. What has been the highlight so far for Monday Distillery? I think the highlight has definitely been... Um, well, twofold. It's it's been my own personal development in the journey of of having the business. So, as I said earlier, being able to see the puzzle pieces that have come together to watch the business flow from um, a tea business through to um, a beautiful non-alc brand. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely been one. I was going to answer this question with one answer, but I think I've got a few. Um, the, another highlight has been seeing the non-alc um, drink movement, movement evolve. So not only from like zero beer and non-alc beer to also um, non-alc spirits, particularly, you know, in the UK and the US and now to see the movement flow in Australia. I think Australian consumers are, you know, the the mentality is that we're, you know, big drinkers and love to drink yeah. our beer, but there's a whole other little movement that's that's coming along from a health and wellbeing focus with a, a more of a mindful um, demographic and um, being oh. able to create Monday Distillery and see um, the great feedback that we've received, um, being able to achieve a... Um, uh, non-alcoholic, ready-to-drink um, pre-mix, but also for it to be sugar-free as well yeah. has been um, pretty a highlight for me because I guess people will sometimes say that they drink like a sugar-free drink and it tastes um, like uh, t doesn't taste that pleasant, um, yeah. nor is it something <laughs> you drink a lot of. So to be able to, you know, create the brand and, and hit those... Um, those key points with it being being healthy um, and then also having feedback along the way has definitely been a highlight. Yeah. Well, you, as a business, Max, you're trying to solve a problem. Yeah. And when you get feedback directly from a customer saying, 
I'm, I just love your product because I don't drink or mm -hmm. I'm trying to reduce the amount that I drink, mm -hmm. then the purpose of why your business is there is, is vindicated. So it's, um, I think that's definitely a highlight. It's really rewarding. Yeah. Uh, who's your target market for Monday Distillery? Our target market is quite varied. Um, while we're obviously giving an alternative um, to alcohol, um, mm -hmm. I think there's a term that we, we went to New York for a trade show 12 months ago and there was a term that was used which was called sober curious, mm -hmm. um, which is really referring to someone who may like to enjoy a tipple, um, yep. but uh, doesn't, but is really conscious of how much they're consuming. Um, yep. And I think our target market is that person where um, it's about being included socially um, and not feeling that pressure or peer pressure of having to drink, which is uh, ingrained in Australian culture and a lot of cultures around the world. Um, so it's, it's really the target market is, you know, it's male, female, it's all ages um, who are either, you know, wanting something because they don't drink or um, are also trying to reduce the amount they drink. And statistics show that um, the culture around drinking is changing. So um, they're the type of people we're after. I think initially the, the assumption of a non-alcoholic drink is someone who's pregnant, who, who can't be drinking. Yeah. And so that's why they're wanting, wanting a non-alcoholic option. But it's, it's so much, it's, a, it's definitely a bigger um, market than that. What's been your greatest barrier to overcome so far in this business? I think with bootstrapping a business, Max, it's been cash flow. Yeah. That's been the thing. So you have all these ideas of things you want to do, um, mm. <clears throat> but you have to find a way to do it with the resources you have. Uh, so that means you just have to look at things and go, what is the most important thing or what's going to have the greatest benefit? So while it is a barrier, it's actually an opportunity because you sort of look at it and go, well, what's the most important thing? What's going to have the most impact? Yeah. Um, I think if you were just given a whole heap of cash, you'd probably find you'd waste it um, before you realised that you were getting low again. Um, yeah. So I think that's, and I think the other one is, is self-belief is, is always a great you know, a barrier that you have. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, when I was your age, Max, I was probably... Um, more risk-taking um, and, uh, you know, I'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, but I probably got to where I started to play it a bit safe. Yeah. Um, and now, now it's sort of like just sort of resetting things and, you know, giving myself the belief that we can achieve what we want to achieve. Where do you want to take your business to in the future? Uh, we'll take it to the world, Max. <laughs> We'll take it to the world. Uh, look, you know, we have, <clears throat> we have our two businesses. Um, you know, we, we do, you know, it's part of our journey now. We do want to try and grow it and where that takes us, whether it's still a small family business um, or it's a big public company, um, that'll just depend on how, how it evolves and, you know, how it feels. You know, we're not, um, we don't have to be the biggest. But a lot of it is about, we want to have fun and create something that people enjoy. Um, and, you know, while uh, you know, being present here for our, you know, for our little fella, 
and our dog Eleanor, who's currently asleep on the bed, not paying a lot of attention to what's going on. But um, I think I think um, <clears throat> uh, when I was younger, I probably would have had you know great big ambitious goals. Um, but I think for us now, it's about creating a lifestyle and spending time with friends and family and and having fun. What would be your advice to someone who's wanting to start a business or something like that, like similar to your doing? Oh, look, I'd say it's got to be passion, Max. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you, you rang me with the proposition mm-hmm. and the reason why I was more than happy to come on board and sponsor your podcast is because you're giving it a crack. Uh, yeah. You, you don't get anything for nothing mm-hmm. and you're going to get setbacks. Not life's not, you know, life and the journey is not easy, but you're going to learn along the way. And for every setback you have, you get there's going to be something you learn which is going to make it better for next time. Yeah. And, you know, you just got to take that approach and keep persisting. Yeah. You'll learn and you'll get better. And as you get better, then, you know, greater opportunities will will come your way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a, you know, a lot of people might look at things and go, you know, oh, they did it really easy or it was an overnight success. But generally, there's a lot more to the story than what you see yeah. on face value. And I think, you know, not you can't just, if you know that you want to have have your own business or even if it's just a hobby that you want to, you know, fulfil a, a passion there, I think just, just starting and just seeing where it'll take you because you never know all the twists and turns and where you'll end up, but that's all part of the, part of the learning process. So... That would be my advice is to just start. Yeah, just start. Follow your intuition. Yeah. And then if it doesn't feel like it's happening, don't be too proud to stop and change and adjust your direction. Because a lot of the time you can sometimes, pride can be the reason you persist with something. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at it from a purely business point of view and it's not working, it's better off to stop, change, adjust, try and rectify um, because um, the ego will, will, uh, can take over. Um, yep. And that's, that's, not, that's not what you want to do when, if you want to be successful. Well, thank you, Hayden and Sam, for sponsoring the Sporting Max podcast and coming on this episode. Thank you for having us. No worries. Us. Thanks for having us. We've managed to put the kid to sleep, Max. So, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and stay tuned for some more Sporting Max podcasts. Thanks for listening to Sporting Max. Be sure to like this episode and follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud. This episode was brought to you by the Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionizing the way people look at having a night out with friends. We make sophisticated non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink, and love yourself the next day too. Stay in high spirits. Keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday.